a sense of there is something so vast here and I can only understand a tiny, tiny bit of it. Seeing this baby come into the world and seeing my dad, who's in his 70s, leaving the world, it just suddenly felt like this kind of sense of continuity or just vastness and like you're just standing on the edge of something huge. Welcome to Angels of Trauma, a podcast about spirituality, healing, and trauma. I am your host, Alex Kuro, and this is our first episode. So welcome. I'm very excited about this project and to share some of these amazing stories with all of you. So today I sat down with cultural anthropologist Erin Stiles. She studies a certain type of anthropology, which is anthropology of religion. And I thought that this is a nice way to start off this podcast as it explains on a more dynamic level what religion is and how it exists in the world and how people use religion. So it's more than just the study of religion from like a textual perspective and more from a cultural perspective. How are people actually practicing this in, in real life? And that is a good parallel for what this podcast is as I am talking with people about how religion, how belief is functioning in their actual lives to help them overcome some of the most traumatic moments. Erin is doing fascinating research into spirit visits in the Latter-day Saint community in Utah, so within Mormon communities. And I think that speaks to how how a certain belief from a certain religion can manifest itself during some of the hardest parts of our lives. So you will hear about that a little later. She also studies anthropology of Islam, which is extremely fascinating and the second largest religion in the world, which we will also learn about a little bit later. So with no further ado, I invite all of you to come along with me and hear Aaron's story. My name is Erin Stiles, and I am a faculty member in the Department of Anthropology. I'm a cultural anthropologist. Meet Erin Stiles, a cultural anthropologist at the University of Nevada, Reno. I got interested in anthropology in seventh grade, and the reason was some anthropologists came to my middle school or my junior high, and there was an assembly, as we had back in the day, and this anthropologist talked about their research and showed slides in this place that looked so exciting. It was green and tropical and fascinating. There were plants everywhere and people speaking languages I'd never heard of. And I couldn't believe that that was somebody's job to go and study how people in this community that was so different from my own live. Cultural anthropologists study how people who share a common cultural system organize and shape the physical and social world around them and are in turn shaped by those ideas, behaviors, and physical environments. Religion is a complex set of beliefs that are a part of culture. As such, Erin is a cultural anthropologist who studies religion. Anthropology of religion is a very broad category, and anthropologists of religion explore, research, study all human experiences that have an understanding that there is something beyond the immediate material sense world. As Erin explains, Religion has many different meanings and variations, and the job of an anthropologist of religion is to understand those meanings and beliefs from the point of view of the practitioners, 
through extensive observations and interviews known as ethnographies. So anthropologists will study religions in the sense as conventionally recognized, say, in our cultural context. Yes, I study Islam, I study Christianity, all these things we would recognize as religion. But under that umbrella, we also study certain kinds of practices that may not fall within the boundaries of one textbook chapter on a particularly recognized religion. Of these kinds of practices are things like magic, witchcraft, and sorcery, all things to some cultures and peoples that are a part of their lived religious experiences. For listeners of this podcast, we can think of ourselves as cultural anthropologists of sorts, listening to and understanding the vast differences in human experience surrounding spirituality and religion as it pertains to suffering and healing. There were these theories around the end of the 19th century, early 20th century, that as with increasing scientific understanding of the world, religion would just disappear, wouldn't need it anymore. But with the explosion of scientific understanding and technological development, we still absolutely have it as such an important part of human life. Religion has not disappeared. In fact, roughly 84% of the world's population are affiliated with one religious group or another. But what do all of these religions mean to people? They're all examples of people operating in the world in a way that draws on this understanding that there is more to the world than meets the eye, or there's more than just our material existence. Religion can be seen as a way for people to give meaning to things that are unexplainable. And meaning like this can be comforting for people in their darkest moments, which is what this podcast is trying to explore. But there are many different ways that cultures practice their meaning making. There are roughly 4,200 different types of religions in the world. And within each of these religions, we see different factions and ways of practicing. There's incredible variation. So, you know, you practice Islam one way in Zanzibar in East Africa, and another way in Cairo, another way in Los Angeles, and another way in Indonesia. And those variations and how people kind of reference the broader traditions that they're part of is also of great interest to anthropologists. Of the many different religions and areas of religion to study, Aaron became extremely fascinated with Islam. My primary area in anthropology is anthropology of Islam. I've done a project in my master's program on the nationalist movement in Eritrea, a little country in Northeast Africa. So then I went there for two months the next summer to see if I could do a project on Islamic courts in Eritrea. But then a war broke out with Ethiopia. And so I ended up doing my dissertation research in Zanzibar, which is part of Tanzania. Islam is an Abrahamic monotheistic religion, meaning they worship only one God, centered on the Quran and the teachings of Muhammad, the religion's founder. Adherents of Islam, called Muslims, number approximately 1.9 billion globally and are the world's second largest religious population after Christians. In contrast to her current studies of Islam in Africa, Erin grew up in rural Utah. So I grew up in Cache Valley, Utah. The region is overwhelmingly Mormon, and we were not Mormon. Our family was Episcopalian. My primary identity growing up was as a non-Mormon. It was kind of like being a celebrity, I recall. Like everybody was fascinated by you because you weren't Mormon. And they'd say, well, what are you? And I'd say, Episcopalian. And they'd say, oh, Presbyterian. I've heard of that. It's like, no, no, it's not Presbyterian. It's Episcopalian. An Episcopalian is a person who belongs to the Protestant Episcopal Church, and it is a denomination of Christianity. 
that believe every Christian must build an understanding and relationship with God's word in the Bible. It can be seen as comparable with Catholicism, but they do hold very different beliefs. Our church was very old and there were candles and incense and priests and robes and probably seemed very colorful and exotic, I would guess, to the Mormon friends. Mormons are a religious group that embrace concepts of Christianity as well as revelations made by their founder, Joseph Smith. While there are many denominations of Mormonism, they primarily belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or LDS, which is headquartered in Salt Lake City, Utah, and has more than 16 million members worldwide. I also do Anthropology of Mormonism. I'd, I'd been continually working in Zanzibar, Tanzania for a long time, and then I started having babies and realized it was very hard to get away somewhere that far from Western United States. And so I started developing a new project in Northern Utah in my home community. Erin's project focuses on the relationship between the living and the spirit world. It is in Mormon cosmology, or their worldview, that they believe that the spirit realm exists alongside our everyday reality. As such, Erin interviewed many members of the LDS community who told her stories of being visited by spirits. There really haven't been that many studies in kind of the global industrialized north in present day about how people are experiencing the spirit world. Part of Mormon cosmology centers around the idea that the eternal family, or in other words, one's kin, exists both before life, in the pre-existence, and after death, in the afterlife, with the goal of helping family members to move into salvation. As such, spirits will visit people in certain times of their living lives. These can be both good spirits and bad spirits. When someone is visited by a good spirit, the spirits that come are normally always family members or kin. When spirits visit, say, the grandparents or great-grandparents or other relatives, it's usually to offer reassurance, offer comfort, offer aid in certain areas, sometimes physical aid, sometimes emotional aid. This is a part of Erin's study that I found particularly interesting and relevant to this podcast, as these spirit visits could be seen as a way for the people experiencing them to cope with or understand some of the trauma or hard times that present themselves. It's a way of understanding certain kinds of hardship and certain kind of trauma that happen in one's life as part of a broader plan. And not just reference to, you know, quote unquote, God's plan, as a lot of people will say, but as the extended family group that we plan this together. And so it's a way to give meaning to these unfortunate things that happen. There was one particular woman that Erin talked to that explained this phenomena. One woman that I worked with on the Spirit Project, I've known her forever, and she's a woman who's had several very positive spirit experiences. She went through a particularly difficult time. She had a kind of a nasty divorce and was experiencing a lot of fallout from that and was at one point feeling like she wasn't particularly welcomed by certain people in her ward or her congregation for being a divorced woman. As Erin is explaining this, one can see how this woman is feeling pain from the way she was being received within her religious institution. But in kind of a 
double-edged sword, this woman uses her own beliefs and rituals, which are rooted in her Mormon faith, to help her heal during this really hard time. She's had these spiritual experiences, she says, have given her kind of the strength to keep going. So for her, having these kind of positive spirit experiences with deceased family members has framed her religious participation and understanding in a very positive light. Erin has compiled many stories like this one as a part of her project. And if you want to learn more about this, make sure to read her book, which comes out later this year, as her work is just fascinating. And while her studies focused on LDS communities in Utah, she did have many people from outside of this particular religious ideology approach her with their experiences with the spirit world. Mormons in Utah are not the only people who experience the spirit world. Hearing Erin talk about these spirit visits and about other people that would come up to her with their own stories, it reminded me of this experience that I had when my grandmother was dying of cancer. So I was about 10 and my grandma had terminal brain cancer. My mom was her main caregiver, so she would spend days and nights at my grandma's house while I stayed home with my stepdad. About a year into this, one particular night, I went to sleep and I had this really vivid dream. I put my grandma in a wheelchair and I wheeled her out to her backyard. So my grandpa, who had passed away a year earlier, he was a sailor. And in this dream, his sailboat came down and I put my grandma in the sailboat and I waved goodbye as they both kind of floated upward. And as they were floating upward, my stepdad woke me up, I swear, this exact moment and said, your grandma just died. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And that experience has stuck with me to this day. Hearing Erin talk about her studies and, and the Mormon ideas of spirit visits, it really made me frame this dream I had about my grandmother a bit differently. Like, what if that was a moment of her coming to me before she departed to offer me comfort? I just saw this interview the other day about this hospice nurse who just wrote a memoir about her experience, but also a book about what everybody goes through at their last moments. And she said that your dream that your grandmother was met by her husband, she said that people who report anything happening, that's exactly what happens, is that they're greeted by loved ones. And she says it's just consistent over and over and over. So after doing a bit of research, I found out that the nurse Erin is talking about is Julie McFadden, who recently went viral on TikTok, talking about what those close to death experience. She is quoted saying, It usually happens a month or so before the patient dies. They start seeing dead relatives, dead friends, old pets that have passed on, spirits, angels that are visiting them, and only they can see them. Sometimes it's through a dream, sometimes they physically see them, and they'll actually ask us, do you see what I'm seeing? So maybe all of these spirit visits are a way of connecting with loved ones in life, but also making sense of impossible things like death and the unknown. In Mormonism, there's not a stark difference between an angel and a good spirit of the deceased. They're just used interchangeably. So angelic ministration would be an angel coming to minister to you to provide help or aid or comfort which is the same way people will talk about benevolent spirits coming. 
Whether or not these experiences are really spirits coming to comfort us in our living realities, they are experiences that offer us meaning and comfort when we have to confront some of the most painful and traumatic moments in our lives. And this podcast is named Angels of Trauma for that very reason, to explore and understand how things like angels or ritual or belief can help us in some of our darkest times. I also recognize that they are these very special, sacred experiences. I do remember like the first day I was home after giving birth to my daughter and just, it wasn't right when she was born, it was a couple of days after, but I do remember like sitting in bed and holding her and just feeling this kind of fleeting understanding of the universe. For Erin, the sacred experience of giving birth to her daughter coincided with the death of her father. And when my dad was dying, he had Alzheimer's and I wasn't with him when he died, he died. When he was alone, one of my friends who's a doctor, she's like, I bet your dad will wait till he's alone. And he did. While Erin has not had any spirit visits of her own, her own beliefs helped her hold those two huge moments, the birth of her daughter and the death of her father. I do think that those moments of transition are so profound. And being in the presence of someone who's just entering the world or is just leaving the world, for me, I just felt this connection. You can see the universe in that moment. For many, religion or spirituality can be seen as a way of understanding and existing in the world with all of the beautiful unknowns that exist. In both, there was this sense of darkness, but a very positive darkness. I do remember it was at nighttime when I was holding my daughter and I had that sense. And with my dad, it was during the day, but there was just this sense of this kind of enveloping vast darkness, but like this wonderful darkness. And you can't really see it, but there's something there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Angels of Trauma. I would like to thank Aaron Stiles for being on the show today. We have music from Storyblocks and Hussein Hayati. If you like the show, leave us a review and rating wherever you listen. And don't be afraid to reach out to us at angelsoftrauma at gmail.com. This week, we focused on understanding religion better through the lens of cultural anthropology. And join us next week as we dive into understanding trauma a little better through Lilian Amparo Betancourt's story of tragically losing her son.